Welcome to 305 Radio. My name is Struck and I'm here with Draymond. What's up, everybody? So, for this episode, this is episode I remember, but it's going to be a great episode because we are in a magical place called Tea and Poets and we're with the owner, entrepreneur, Joaquin. Joaquin, what's your last name? Ortiz. Ortiz. I never knew your last name. I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> Please introduce yourself. My name is Joaquin Ortiz. I'm one of the owners. Actually, I have two business partners, but one of the owners of Team Poets. Excellent. Excellent. And this isn't the only business you're a part of. No, I have uh, right now I have four. I have three for-profit businesses and one non-profit business. So Amazing. Four businesses. Amazing. All right. Dope. So let's just get started with the nitty gritty where we're at. All right. Tell us about Team Poets, man. As and let me let me give a quick disclaimer. As our listeners know, we record live on location. We are at TM Poets. We have a squad of people behind <laughs> us hanging out, having a great time. So it's not a problem at all. Um, if you guys hear the, the music, you hear everything behind us, it's because we're here. We are here. <laughs> this is an organic episode. <laughs> it, this is an organic up, uh, podcast, you know what I mean? And we're going to have some interruptions here and there, but this is it's the nature of the business, you know? Yeah. So back to the question. Tell us a little bit about Tea and Poets. How did this concept come to mind, man? Because it's not only a, like retail, it's a spot for artists. You have coffee. I don't know what else you got going on here. <laughs> so uh, Tea and Poets, uh, Tea and Poets is, is a place that I wish that I had when I was young. Okay. Um, I wasn't the best kid. I got in a lot of trouble in my teens. I come from you know a divorced family. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few times I came home in a cop car you know, in the back Mm. of the cop car. And and I kind of wish that I had a place to go to that was not the streets. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always knew that I wanted to create a place that that kids could go to, that teenagers could go to and give them a place that wasn't out on the streets. So as technology started to creep more and more into our life, Mm -hmm. I knew that we were going to start interacting with people differently. And in a way I kind of wanted to be a precursor to that. And, and, and I wanted to give people a place where they could still interact, where a place where people could kind of go back to the roots, if you could, of, of social interaction. Mm-hmm. And I knew that shopping was starting to change. Amazon really started to take over a lot. Of, people were just interacting online. Mm-hmm. And so I saw small businesses, the future of small businesses were going to start to go out of business. Mm-hmm. So watching people interact less and less in person, and seeing small businesses slowly start to not be able to make it because of giants uh, like Amazon and mm-hmm. you know Walmart converted to a lot more shopping online. Just a lot of these businesses started converting to online sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I wanted to create a space for the kids who wanted to hang out and the small businesses that needed a place that was affordable for them to run their small business. I'm also a poet. I love poetry. I love art. So awesome. if you were able to jump inside of my head, hello, welcome. If you're able to jump inside of my head, this is what it would look like. The store is what it would look like. This is eclectic. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's 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 art. It's poetry. It's you know, it it is the essence of what I would hope to create if I was a 17 year old punk kid and wanted a place to hang out on a Wednesday night. You know, I would be able to have some tea, and that tea would kind of be like a cocktail, and it wouldn't have alcohol in it, but it would be like a cocktail, and I would be able to do my poetry or my singing or my guitar or whatever, and maybe shop and buy something for my mom. And 
you know, be able to play a board game, come here on a date. This is a great place for a date. We've had so many people. My business partner actually found his wife here. She's one of our vendors. Did he find his wife already here or no? So she, well, no, like, so that's her booth right there. So she came here and asked for a space to rent. And Mm -hmm. in that space, uh, you know, that we rented her, they kind of became more and more friends and they've been married now for two years. So it's pretty cool. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's really neat. You know, our, our events manager, she met her boyfriend here playing board games. So in a way it's, I think that when you come to TM poets, you understand that this is a different energy than normal Miami. And in a way you let your guard down because you just feel the energy here. Feels isn't, like home. Feels like home. It should feel familial. That's why we put the couches. We have blankets, you know, it should, something about being here should be, feel very comfortable. And in that essence, you're able to kind of connect with people in a little bit different of a way than you would at a bar or, you know, at the line at Publix or something like that, you know, and, and so you're able to make, almost like a little bit more of a genuine connection. And then because there are so many different things to talk about inside the store, you're able to create a conversation almost out of of nowhere. Right. Where, you know, honestly, like it's hard for guys to approach girls, you know, like for some reason we have to always know the right thing to say and we have to be suave and demure and the man and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes you don't know what to say and you might see that girl in the line of Publix and you're not going to like look inside of her cart and be like, I love pasta too. You know, like, (laughs) like, because then you're a creeper, right? But you could be sitting at TM Poets, you know, and be like, man, that lamp is so weird. It's got a giraffe on it. And some girl might be like, yeah, it is kind of cool, right? And then all of a sudden you get like an organic, genuine conversation that you wouldn't get at, you know, at the gym. Well, can I help you with the weights? Like, let me show you how to work out. You know, like that doesn't, <laughs> You're not doing those don't right. work for everybody. That, that type of conversation starters. Yeah. So it works here. So for everybody listening, I do have to mention that we are in the heart of Miami. We're located in South Miami. We're at 5701 Sunset Drive, and that's in South Miami. Um, tell me a little bit about Sunset Place and what kind of made you pick this location for such a special location. Uh, please. Okay, so this mall in the past, we've been here for six years. We just celebrated our six year anniversary in July. And um, prior to, uh, well, not prior to, let me rephrase. So uh, after the, before the six years, there had been three different mall owners. So now in its sixth year, we've had the third owner of the mall. It originally was owned by Simon Malls. Mm-hmm. Um, same owners at Dayland Mall in the falls. And when I approached Simon Malls about a concept like this, it was way outside of what they accept in their malls. It was way too bohemian. We weren't a AAA tenant. We weren't, you know, Victoria's Secrets or Banana Republic or, you know, Apple. And that's the caliber of stores that Simon Mall brings in. Now, again, this was six years ago. So it was before malls really started hurting. They had just started hurting, but not they weren't hurting nearly as much as they have been the last three or four years. And I approached and they just pushed me away real quick. They had no interest. And so uh, about two years later, um, so the gentleman who, I, who, who declined me, his name was Diego, and every six months I put a little alarm in my phone and I would send him an email and say, hey, Diego, you could have been collecting rent from me for the past six months, but you know, what's going on? This spot is still empty, you know, six months to go by, six months to go by. So two years later, the, the mall sold. So they sold to another company that... Um, is well, partnered with Comras, who owns um, Coco Walk. They also own Lincoln Road. Oh, wow. um, Michael Comras is his name. He was one of the partners. 
And the young lady who was the leasing agent was from New York. And so when I pitched her this idea, she said, oh, kind of like Chelsea Market in New York. And I go, kind of, but with poetry and with live events. And so she was very interested in that younger girl. And she, so she gave us a chance. Um, and we just exploded from there. You and know, that was we, what, 2016? That was 2016. Yeah, 2016. So that was when you and I met, 2016. So yeah, it just, uh, it took off from there. There's a lot of schools, as you said, this is the hardest of South or Miami, um, you know, and there are a lot of schools in the area. It's a very strong two family income in this area. Um, and we just do really well, thank God. You know, you guys have done are you guys are so different that you've actually outlived a lot of the stories in this. Movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were, we outlived Banana Republic. We outlived American Eagle Outfitters, Victoria's Secrets, Express. Esprit. I mean, everything. everything. I've walked through this mall and there's nothing familiar from when, you know, we used yeah, to Z come Gallery right just closed, unfortunately. Like the yeah. mall itself is maybe 20 percent occupied wow. and struggling. And we aren't and that's because tm poets doesn't depend on the mall to be successful mm -hmm. you know it's not like you're walking through the mall casually and you come along tm poets we are a destination so people come to this store for this environment well, it's a community that you guys have built over the years that it's definitely not going anywhere correct <laughs> correct thank god well yeah well i, I hope not <laughs> uh, i mean yeah definitely I hope not, not. <laughs> from if i can control it's not <laughs> as far as tea and poets uh i mean the name itself tells you more or less the basis um and we've talked about community but we do have a local market here i know that you support a lot of the local artisans um local baked goods uh, you yourself have even traveled and brought some of the goods back oh, wow. from Good memory. Yeah, wow. from places memory. that you've traveled to. So tell me a little bit more about just all of the components. What made you choose the name um, and what that means to you? Okay, so uh, a lot of people do hear tea and poets and they think, well, you sell tea and there's poets. But right. there's a much deeper meaning to what tea and poets is. Um, so tea is something that starts off as a dry ingredient and then it goes through this hardship of very hot water it goes kind of almost through like a baptism by fire if you mm -hmm. may and after it goes through this intense hardship on the other end of its hardship it's just this delicious warm brew, brew that makes right? you feel comfortable right so the, the the tea itself is a metaphor for going through something difficult in your life hard and coming out the other side better and more delicious and that's the tea of your life so the, the poet, when, when you're a poet, in my opinion, you are doing something that is in line with your element. And so, uh, for example, um, an artist, uh, when an artist is painting, you know, that art may be that artist's poetry. When someone is cooking and they're cooking this incredible meal, that cooking may be their poetry. When you have you know, a, a sports car driver and that sports car driver is in the, in the zone and they're just flying around those corners, they're in their poetry. So poetry in terms of tea and poets is a metaphor for what you do when you're in your zone, when you do when you're in your groove and your vibe. So together it's like, hey, we know you go through hardships and we know you get beat up in life. All of us can tell a story that's like, wow, that happened to us, wow. But you get through that. And on the other end, hopefully you're warm and delicious and incredible. And then hopefully also in hopefully, a part right? of your life, right? Yeah, you can't just, you know, I don't like speaking absolutes. So, <laughs> but, you know, and then hopefully 
you recognize that. And then you also see that we all have the poetry of our lives. Each one of us can find poetry in our lives and being in the zone of doing something that really feels special and dear to us. And as we, as you describe the, the, what makes TM Poets such a good place, we look around and you see, you have, you have patrons coming in with the guitars strapped on their backs their board games being pulled out it's it's such a different vibe here yeah yeah i mean we, we 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 create that we work hard to create that and i think a lot of that has to do with our staff it's not easy to staff especially in the hospitality industry after covid um you know 20 percent of the entire united states changed their occupation mm-hmm. and out of that 20 percent 80 percent of that 20 percent was hospitality so we really struggled in keeping hospitality baristas and Mm -hmm. i mean we hire you know 25 and under so that demographic in itself has a hard time committing anything over six months Mm -hmm. to a year so it really takes a lot of work to train a staff to make sure that the energy of what you feel in tm poets is here when you walk in because one thing is having the colors and the smell and the incense and the artist on and you know all the stuff but if you don't have that same energy Mm -hmm. that you see and feel that we created represented behind the bar with the staff so but to to continue to answer your question um the outside walls are all surrounded by anywhere between 17 and 25 vendors depending on the month the vendors are all on leases just like you would lease a store inside of dayland mall it's the exact same premise. They're on leases. Those leases are obviously not as long as a Dayland Mall lease, um, but they are on leases. And um, we try to eliminate as much crossover in product so there's not a lot of competition. Um, and we try to create a very diverse group of people. All of them are local. We care a lot about supporting the community and small business. And one of the kind of hidden geniuses of TM Poets is that once you have 20 vendors, inside of TM Poets, it's not TM Poets marketing TM Poets. It's TM Poets plus 20 more people marketing TM Poets right. because people want them to come buy their candles and buy their jewelry and buy their, you know, their hats. So it's not just me saying, hey, come to TM Poets. It's 20 other businesses that are also using their Probably. voice to say, hey, come to TM Poets. And then if you add the stage and the performances that we do where we host anywhere from 15 to 25, 26 events a month, um, you have all of those people also promoting come to TM Poets and open mic is still every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, six years straight. Six awesome. years straight, every Wednesday, seven o'clock. So we, we didn't do open mic for two months when COVID shut down. And as soon as it opened back up, we, we went back. Just like nothing ever happened. No, we struggled. I mean, coronavirus was tough for us. We had days where we, we got the PPP, so we we're able to keep you know our management on staff. Um, but we had days where we were like $7 and 50 cents in sales, like just really bad. And then at the end of the day, when we renewed our lease, cause our, our lease ended when we renewed our lease, they tried to quintuple it and we renegotiated down to only tripling our lease. So that's like, like almost a horror story that you fixed. I mean, what, I mean, <laughs> what can you do? I mean, like, thank God we were able to absorb that increase and still be profitable and still do well. Yeah. But no one wants their lease tripled. No one wants their lease doubled. And we negotiated that down when they tried to increase and it times during five after COVID and right after COVID you know? and we didn't get any rent relief. So it was tough. Like be, I, I, I believe that if you are an entrepreneur, COVID really showed your true colors. It tested Absolutely. you. You know, you, it, you, if you failed the business through COVID, you know, that's, that's that. 
you know, and I'm not trying to beat anybody up about it. It's it just COVID tested you like COVID tested. You either made it or you didn't. And there was no more difficult time in any of our lives to survive through two years of business than COVID. So it's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. You know, it's, you're not trying to beat down anybody, but the truth is the truth. No, I mean, everyone's going to give you an excuse. Oh, but, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but nobody wants to read a book about someone's excuses on why they didn't make it. They want to read the book about how hard you got the shit kicked out of you. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Okay. Yeah. I'm not a cusser, but I mean, you know, how hard you get cussing the, left like, and right. All no, day. no, no. But how hard you got the crap beat out of you. And then you came out on the other end successful and you learn from that. Like that's the story people want to read. Yeah, you know, exactly. that's the inspiring story. It's, it's not like, man, I tried really hard. I tried really hard. And then I kept losing. And then there was this excuse and that excuse. And you know, I just kind of gave up. And you know how many people have come in here and said, I had this exact idea. I love this concept. I had this exact idea. And but I'm like, you oh, didn't okay. do it. <laughs> I try, yeah, exactly. I try not to say, I don't want to say that, but I'm like, oh, okay. Good for you. You know, I, I don't want to be like, a lot and, you know, but in a way it's kind of like, and, and they're like, oh, you know. And then, you know, like if, if, if making it happen was easy, everybody would do it. Like, it's not easy. It's true. It's there, there, Joaquin, like, you gotta I want to touch base on provider lifestyle because there is a section here at TN Poets, um, and that is part of your nonprofit, correct? Uh, sort of? Kind of. So provider lifestyle is my very first business. Um, I thought that I wanted to create a, a clothing brand that revolutionized fashion. And so I started printing provider lifestyle and all these like kind of spiritual logos and, and words on shirts. And that was, that was such a great failure for me um, because I realized how difficult being successful really was. And you couldn't just put your stuff on shirts and hustle really hard and be successful. Although you think that is what it takes, but it's way more than that. <laughs> it's a lot more. It's than a that. lot more than that. And so um, because I didn't have, you know, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears wearing shirts that said provider, it didn't go anywhere. And so I quickly learned that I made a lot more money printing other people's stuff than I did printing my own. So I still print a few provider things for myself to sell here as just like a fun project for myself. Mm -hmm. A percentage of every single provider sale is donated to Conscious Acts of Kindness, which is where you're going. Um, but as far as provider lifestyle is concerned, today we're a screen printing and warehouse mm -hmm. um, facility. We do embroidery and screen printing, and we've printed for Dolphins, we've printed for The Heat, we've printed for Whole Foods and Kind Snack Bars, as well as hundreds of small brands. And one of the things that I enjoy doing is helping that person who was in my position 10 years ago mm -hmm. and wants to start their own clothing brand. And so I try to be as, obviously I want to make the sale, mm -hmm. so, but I'm not going to lead them down the wrong path. I'm going to tell them like, you're not going to start this business with a thousand dollars. You're just not. So, you know, it, it takes a little bit more like, and it takes more grit and more effort than you could ever imagine. Um, and you might not make it. So you better have all the influencers in your pocket and be ready to spend a minimum of $1,000 on merch just for them and hope that that they goes out. And hope, yeah. hope that they wear it and hope that it's cool and you like it. And so I enjoy that. Like I enjoy kind of like a little bit of like the mentor coaching to the younger brands. Um, and then again, every single percentage of every single sale, a percentage of it gets donated to Conscious Acts of Kindness. 
And what exactly is the Conscious Acts of Kindness? So Conscious Acts of Kindness is my 501c3 nonprofit. Um, I established that like eight years ago. And uh, for me, I realized that sitting at a table and telling someone a really sad story and then asking them for money is not the way to get money. And a lot of nonprofits, that's what they do. They're going to tell you that, oh, there's these kids in India and they're just so sad and they have nothing. And it's, you know, we need to help them. We need to help them. So please give me money so we can help them. And these are all the things that we're going to do to help them. Mm -hmm. I find that the person who may have a dollar to give that person a donation is less likely to give that dollar when you sell them a sob story. But they are much more likely to sign up for a cornhole competition or to play a pinata breaking game or a balloon dart game or, or a raffle, or or a something. raffle something that is actually an event. Mm -hmm. And so if I tell you we're going to do a bar crawl and we're going to visit five bars in South Miami and you're going to spend 50 bucks and have five free drinks at five bars in South Miami, you're going to be like, well, that's actually a good value. Because I can tell you right now that one drink in South Miami is $11. Yep. So I'm getting five drinks for $10, for $10 a drink. You know, okay, wow, maybe I can get six drinks or seven drinks in there. And then I'll take a very large percentage of that after operating costs. And that goes to Conscious Acts of Kindness. And I'll tell people, this bar crawl is going to send soccer balls to kids in Haiti. And we're going to, with this money from your bar crawl, we're going to buy 700 soccer balls. And we're going to send 700 soccer balls with school supplies and clothing to an orphanage in Haiti. It's and amazing. I will make much more money for the company, Conscious Acts of Kindness, to then give to those kids in Haiti by doing a bar crawl or a cornhole yeah, competition just asking instead of just saying, hey, you know, can I have $5 for kids in Haiti? You're just not as willing to give that money. So Conscious Acts of Kindness hosts global events that spotlight issues. We raise money for those for those issues, and then we put together some sort of package or donation, and we physically give that donation to that country or those kids in need or whatever it is. But we, we do it through an event. There has to be some fun, exciting event. That's amazing, though. I Thank love you. that, man. <laughs> Thank you. How many? So how often? How many of these these events have you had, and what have been the the donation the donations you've made? Oh, we've, we've had a lot. I would say know well over a hundred um so conscious acts of kindness not to downplay it but and you always believe everything after but um but <laughs> it, it, it's the it's the last of all my businesses um okay. it's the one that i don't get to spend as much time as i would like to mm -hmm. but hopefully i can you know retire in the next 20 years i don't know if i'd want to but even in retiring of 20 years of the for-profit businesses then i'm able to really focus on the nonprofit one but Conscious Acts of Kindness gets kind of like the little bit of time that I have, if possible. Um, but to answer your question, uh, we have fed an entire village in Bali, Indonesia. We sent kites uh, to kids in India, at Pushkar, India, for the kite festival. We um, brought a group of people to the Marine Mammal Conservatory in the Keys and helped beached baby pilot whales. Um, we sent a bounce house castle to kids in Senegal, West Africa. Wow. Which was pretty cool. I mean, you see the video of that and it's wild. You, um, you try to tell a child who, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with um, Falling Whistles. Have you ever heard of Falling Whistles, no. a nonprofit Falling Whistles? Um, so what they do is they try to prevent children from being um, 
kidnapped in in Africa. There's a lot of kidnapping in Africa. Wow. Um, and a lot of these kids, the girls become sex slaves, and the guys they get put to the the gorillas and they become kind of like war criminals oh and from very young, from six, seven years old. They start training these kids with guns. Um, it's very sad. So um, these kids, they haven't had the experience of playing. I know it sounds kind of weird, but like if you think about when we were all kids, we could go play. And when you were playing, you did not fear getting kidnapped. You know, we didn't fear getting kidnapped and turned into war criminals yeah. and you didn't fear getting kidnapped and turned into a sex slave. But these kids in Senegal, and a lot of places throughout Africa, that's what they fear. So they don't get the opportunity to go out and play. So we found a park and we were able to hire guards to guard this entire park. And when I mean park, it's not a park like you're thinking with grass. It's a and property. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sand Open, lot. Yeah. It's a oh, sand wow. lot. And so we had some people there uh, working this project for us. And imagine explaining to a kid who's rarely ever seen grass. Okay, so you're going to get into a house but this house is made of rubber and you're going to climb into this house. that's made of rubber and you're going to get to jump and bounce around in this house made of rubber, but nothing inside the house is going to break. You'll be able to fall and bounce around the and house play and, jump and, and, and the kids like that. You, they can't conceive what you're telling them. So then they're a little skeptical at first and we finally bring them there and they look at this house and it had the slide and the ladder. It was really, it was a big, big um, castle and you watch this video and, and you see no fear and full joy and that is just like that makes every single thing worth it and 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 that propels you to do more events and to raise more money and to touch lives in the way that conscious acts of kindness does if anyone wanted to take a if right. if anyone wanted to take a look at all these events what would they uh, be able conscious to of kindness dot org. Dot org. conscious acts of kindness dot org yeah conscious acts of kindness dot dot org. Awesome. Yeah, you'll see a bunch of thumbnails. You can click on them. There's photos and videos there. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, so let's, let's take this back. We have tea and poets, mm -hmm. and before we segue into the, your other businesses and everything else you do, when you look at, you mentioned the life of the mall and that malls are suffering and they're going through it right now. How do you? What What would you do in a mall like Sunset Place if I gave you the keys? To, every, to the whole property and told you to, to revamp it. What do you think that a mall, a place of this size in general, would need to draw people back? Oh, I think it's dead. It's over? Yeah. I w if you told me that I was the owner of this mall, I would sell it to you, Em. <laughs> I swear to God. You want, the, you want like a, yeah, a business yeah, decision? I would sell this to you, Em. UM's campus can't expand any more than it is. I can't. This is one mile from UM. I would go over and contact UM and I would sell this to UM and I would turn this into a secondary <laughs> campus. Brilliant. I'm, you want my answer. There's my I, answer. I love you want, it. You want a, like I a legit business? Yeah, there you go. There's yeah. the you. Better show the camera. The, what a great idea. <laughs> this is a great idea brought yeah. to you by So, yeah, I wouldn't. So, rents are so expensive right now. Uh -huh. Overhead is so high. Labor is astronomically high. As an entrepreneur, maybe. People aren't going to like this. I apologize for saying this, but I am not thrilled that we're going to continue to increase the hourly wage up and up and up mm -hmm. because, you know, at the end of this month on the 30th, I have to pay all my employees now $11 an hour. Do you want to buy a caramel macchiato for $7.50, $8.50? Because that's what I have to charge you in order to pay that employee eleven dollars an hour mm -hmm. so it, it is a circle because you know well you know everyone's gonna make more money but the people who Everything aren't being paid up. minimum wage they're not affected by it if you're paid thirteen dollars an hour 
and the guy getting paid right now ten dollars an hour goes up to eleven, you don't go from thirteen to fourteen. Yeah. And you don't go from twenty seven thousand dollars a year to thirty two thousand dollars a year. You don't go from fifty two thousand dollars a year to sixty eight thousand dollars a year because the eleven dollar an hour employee went, went up. up. Mm-hmm. But the people who own businesses with those eleven dollar an hour employees, their cost of doing business goes up. Therefore, the things that you buy go up. So something like coffee, think about all the hourly employees, like the, the $11 an hour employees, mm-hmm. all those places that employ those people, those people's labor costs are going to jump. How much was a macchiato before? before so when we started, I could sell a macchiato for four fifty. Now I'm going to have to sell a macchiato for six fifty. Yeah, that's a big jump. It's a big jump. Yeah. Big jump. And then you're like, what's going on here? And I'm like, well, I'm paying my employees a fair wage. Yeah. So it, like... It's not to say that I don't want people to make money and live a fair wage. I'm just saying, well, just look at what happens. Like everything is connected, so it's it's a struggle. Wow. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point of view. Some perspective. So yeah, I mean, it's an entrepreneur. Like until you physically have to take the money out of your pocket and like pay it, you don't understand. Yeah. You're always gonna look at it. There's such a difference between owner brain and employee brain. They they don't. They're not the same. They're not the same. What's the big, you don't understand. What's the, big, what's the biggest difference when you were employee brain versus now that you're owner brain? Uh, I didn't understand the value of, a, of an item. That was mm-hmm. one thing. Like I didn't physically understand the value of a straw. Um, and I felt just fine passing the responsibility up. Okay. Like you would work on a task and then when that task can't be completed by you or you think that you can't complete that task you're just like i tried i can't do it nope let's pass it on pass it and you know you're gonna pass it either unilaterally or you're gonna pass it up and you so oh you go to your manager like oh i wasn't able to do xyz and they're gonna be like freaking you know employees (laughs) you know like i'll I'll take (laughs) care of it it. right (laughs) so when you're at the top (laughs) you look up there's nobody there's a mirror looking right back down and be like ha, you know (laughs) guess who you're asking guess guess who you're asking yourself (laughs) And then also, like, you look at stuff like straws. I'll give you the example of straws. You know, like, a case of straws is 50, 60 bucks, right? And, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, there's, like, 5,000 straws in there, but that's still 50, 60 bucks. And you have an employee, you know, that, like, picks a bunch out, and then, like, a bunch of them fall on the floor. And you're like, that was, like, 10 cents, 15 cents. You're like, 15 cents, that's less in my pocket, you know? And, and maybe that doesn't sound like a lot, but... It adds up. People are, yeah, you're successful because you care about the 15 cents, not because you can prove to other people that you don't care about the 15 Mm. cents. And I think that's Mm. a very incorrect view that a lot of people have about making money is that they're like, look how much money I can spend. I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a baller. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy the gold covered steak. I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw money all over the place. Mm -hmm. And this is how I determine that I feel that I'm successful in my life. It actually should be the other way around. It should be like, look how much money I've been able to save this month. But we have it in a way where it's like, I make so much money that I'm able to throw it. And, And the problem is that the middle class always wants to, pretend like they're making more money and more successful than they are. A lot of entrepreneurs. Especially in Miami, right? Oh yeah, $30,000 millionaire. $30,000 millionaire, without question. Insane. You know, and so what happens is that maybe the person who's at the club that does make eight, nine million a year has the ability to take 
four, five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, and throw it out that night and once, right? Or buy the you know $600 gold covered stake. But the guy who's making $65,000 a year that is kind of getting by and he's in $8,000, $10,000 of debt, he wants to pretend like he's much more successful than he really is. So he does throw out that five grand to have the look you know, or to buy the gold cover steak and everyone go, Oh my God, you know, Bill bought the gold cover steak. Wow. And in essence, like that's where we find value now. And I think it should be the other way around. I think it should be like, I was able to save eight grand this month. Thank you. you. Know, I, I didn't go to the club and throw $8,000 in the air, or buy the, the dinner for the entire table or pick up the whole round of drinks. I actually saved that money this month. Facts. And plus the gold covered steak, doesn't taste like anything. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't taste you like don't anything. Gold you don't doesn't taste, gold. taste like anything, Correct. dude. You just who wants metal on their steak? Who wants, like, come on, come guys, on, man. please stop. You yeah. want the steak to taste earthy? Get some truffle. Speaking oil. of Call steak, <laughs> yeah. all right. Was that the transition? Yes, because okay. I think whoa. it's a perfect yeah, moment. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we leave the the mall. Oh yeah, the mall. Before okay. we leave the mall. All right. We're gonna we're gonna call we're we're calling Diego. We're letting him know. Thanks yeah, for right? nothing, buddy. I have no right. Exactly. Yeah. I literally would send like emails to that guy nonstop. I'm like, dude, you could have collected money from me again. You could have collected money from me again. He was like, still not interested. What can I say? Hey, but I, 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 I admire your consist how consistent you I are. I know. Legit, like I chased this place down for two years. Like I just knew that this was going to be my business. I just knew it. And once they finally said, yeah, I reached out to my two now business partners. I was like, hey, guys, I got a crazy idea. You know, you want to jump on board with this crazy idea? And both of them are like, yeah, awesome. like I'm on it, you know? And I, that here we are. That's super dope. Man. And so now we mentioned steak. Okay. We mentioned business partners. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about food, right? All right. So you have a, a culinary background. I do. That's how I met you. Oh, I met you true. in the culinary world. I do. Hello, welcome. And for those of you that are wondering why he keeps saying hello over and over, it's because this is his spot. We're here doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. So, um, Jealous Fork. Jealous Fork. Tell us about Jealous Fork, man. Just, you know, how did the concept of Jealous Fork happen? And you've done a lot. You've been on yeah. Food Network. Yeah. Guy Ferry. Yeah. Not Deco once, drive. but twice. Yeah. Deco Drive. Yeah. Tell me, let's start from the beginning of Jealous Fork, man. How um, did this happen? So from the very beginning is that back when we were all young, my, my guy friends, I had six solid guy friends and we would go on guy trips every single year. And every single time we'd go to a different country or a different city in the US, we would always look up best breakfast, best pancakes. So for six, seven years, I was doing all this pancake research without knowing I was doing pancake research, <laughs> you know? And so, um, when my business partner Henrik and I had some free time, we would come over to my house and make pancakes. And we would just make pancakes because we liked eating pancakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I would put it on my Instagram and like I'd show my followers and like, you know, do a video and put up a photo. And, you know, I don't have a tremendous amount of followers, but the likes to comments ratio on my photos was a little higher than a, a normal post. Uh -huh. And people were just like, where am I going to get that? When are you going to come to my house and cook? What is that? And then there's this like kind of this light bulb moments, like field of dreams, yeah, uh, Kevin yeah. Costner, field of dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come. I was hoping you were going to get the quote, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I had this like light bulb moment and I was like, holy smokes, you know, maybe I'm going to open a pancake restaurant. 
And uh, so I, you know, tell Henrik, I'm like, you know, we should open a, a pancake restaurant. But not you know? just any pancake restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so that was the idea. So then we stopped um, putting anything on Instagram with pancakes. And we took the next three months to break a pancake, just the physical plain pancake down to a science. And we must have recipe tested 30 different recipes. I mean, we went with the flour, the sugar, the baking powder, the baking soda, like it, literally a science. Like we were breaking bad, you know, like <laughs> we were like, we were up in that thing. Like, but what did you think? We tried to make our own buttermilk. I mean, we everything oh, until man. we got to a pancake that is just out of this world by itself. And it's a beautiful combination of a biscuit and a pancake. It has to proof like bread. Like if you're familiar with baking bread, and sometimes you, you like, proof your, we your... proof our pancake batter. It is the consistency of mashed potatoes. It is thick and dense, and it is just another level. So once we got, I'm so hungry. Yeah, once we got to uh, that stage, uh, my business partner Henrik was online, and he was looking through eBay, and he sees this food truck for sale, and it's like right here in Miami, and he's like, "Hey, Kino, what do you think about a a pancake food truck?" I'm like, "Pancake food truck." Huh. And I like jump online. I'm like, pancake food truck, Miami, nothing. Pancake food truck, Florida, nothing. I'm like, pancake food truck, United States. <laughs> no, I'm like, dude, are we going to be the first pancake food truck in the country? Amazing. Like, no way. And and then so we called the guy up and we went there and bought it that day. We like drove to the guy. We drove it around. It was, uh, it looked like a cow. Mm -hmm. I guess he was like an Argentinian grill. And so he had the entire truck was black with like white cow spots on it. Okay. And then there was this huge button on the side where you would think it would be like a No, it was moo sounds. He had three different moo sounds. I swear to God. You would push it and it was like Okay, and you push the other button, it was like It's so weird. We're like, this what this guy pull up and he's like We ripped that out real quick. Um but yeah, so we we you know clean that out, set up the menu. Uh, as you were touching on, um, Dre, we we actually created a savory pancake. So one of the things that's really unique about Jealous Fork is that it's not only sweet pancakes. I mean, we've got the chocolate and the strawberry and the lemon, like all your usual suspects. But what we want to do is we want to create a pancake in itself that could be like bread or a starch. You know, so if you eat chicken, mm -hmm. right, and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna have you know a, a chicken, a Southwest Tex-Mex style chicken dish. Okay, you're probably gonna have salsa and corn and you know tomatoes and onions and you know maybe like a creamy sauce and some cheese on there. We did the exact same thing, but instead of taking whatever starch would be on that chicken dish, we cooked fresh corn into our pancakes and we made like a cornbread cake. Amazing. And so we did that with a hamburger where the pancake buns are actually the buns of the hamburger. Mm -hmm. We did that with a Vietnamese sandwich that's called a banh mi. Oh. And so we made a pork belly banh mi pancake. And then we did the chicken one that I was just telling you about. So we've done several other ones. We did a shrimp and grits. Um, so we just started really looking at a, at a pancake as just a carb or starch in the dish that had nothing to do with the word pancake. And people just loved it. Like we were just slammed. We were originally, when we opened, we were in Kendall mm -hmm. um, at park, Indian right? Hammock Park on the corner of 84th Street and Kendall Drive. We were slammed. Like, we would have an hour to two hour wait on the weekends, like a long, long line. And um, we were there for two years. And then one day, the second highest person in Dade County parks 
uh, drove by with his wife. And these words are from his mouth in a meeting we had with him. And uh, hello, welcome. Well, those aren't the words from his mouth. <laughs> 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 no, but what I'm going to say next are. But um, he was driving with his wife and his wife's like, oh, wow, what is that? And he says, oh, that's one of the vendors that we have here parked in the, in the, uh, in the park. And she goes, oh, my God, that's so dangerous. Look at the amount of people in that long line. I can't believe you allowed that. And so as soon as she said that, he came and kicked us out of the park. We got so busy that we kind of like outgrew our stay. That is amazing. That's the best yeah, that's reason a, to get kicked out. I mean, out. yeah, yes and no, you know, yes and no. So, yeah. So, but I mean, by that point, we already knew that we had outgrown the truck. And you were um, on to something. We were on to something. We're definitely on to something. Yeah. You know, we had been featured, as you said, we were on Deco Drive. Uh, we have just phenomenal, we have like 145 star reviews on Yelp. We have, um, we were on uh, what Deco Drive, I said, uh, NBC6 in the mix. You ended up we on got, Food we Network. Got, we got approached by Food Network, which is really cool. Um, we were on uh, Guy Frieri's uh, Guy's mm -hmm. Grocery Games, which is just a wild experience. Like, that was just a... This guy as crazy as he is. He's TV. a wild guy. Like I can see why he's successful. Like he's successful because he is so high energy and he's so engaging mm -hmm. that you just kind of like when people have high energy, you, you connect with them, you know? And, and like my dad always used to say that like positive will always affect, attract positive and negative. Negative will never attract a positive. It'll always attract another negative, but a positive person is always going to attract everybody. Everything. You can feel guys energy. He just has this positive vibe where he's just like, he wants to connect with you. He asks you questions. You know, when I was on the show, he, he's hazing me. He's giving me shit on the show. Like, uh -huh. he's like, you can tell he's a, a cool guy, you know? Um, so that was a wonderful experience. Uh, the time goes fast. Like, you know, you watch these cooking shows, these reality shows, and in your head, when you're sitting on the couch, like, I would have done this. I would have done that. And you don't get it. They, they structure these shows to mess with you in the time. They structure these shows to get you hype. They run you around the supermarket before. They put you on this the, the shopping cart and they say, okay, pretend like you're running over here. Pretend like they're running here. So they get you in this like frantic mindset before it even starts. And you know how he goes like, okay, everybody on three, we're gonna da da da. So when I say two and he gives you this trick where he tries to like catch you when he goes three, two, one, go, that's totally staged. Okay. Like they mess with you because they do two takes. And they tell you that the first take isn't the real take that he's just going to tell you, but it is. And then they do the second take. We so like, do that. they mix it up. They mix it up because Henrik and I, my part, we were like, so aware, like, we're not going to get screwed on this. We're not. And then the way that they structure it, they get you. They, because they screw They get you. They it's know a rabbit. you got dude, caught. These people have done like 30 freaking seasons. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they put they you into their wheel push. and you're like, bloop, bloop, and, and before you know it, they're like, you got a plate in four minutes. And you're like, Oh wow! So that was that was also, a wild experience. Was savage. You only have four minutes to plate. You have as much time as you can get, and if you're plating in four minutes or whatever it is, you, when you plate, you plate. Like there's there's you, you plate when you have time. But what I would suggest to anyone who's ever thinking about going on a cooking show is that you got to keep it simple. Like kiss, you know, like you you have to keep whatever your idea is as simple as possible. And if you think it's simple, make it more simple. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but like expand your idea only if you have more time to do it. Mm. But you're better off executing something simple and great like versus less is more super fancy and like 30%. Right. Amazing. Wow.
So now we have word of advice from someone that's been there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Now, have you considered, you know, shit, you just came out of nowhere. You're like, let's do pancakes. <laughs> and, you know, what? Where do you have to think and ask yourself, how far can you take pancakes? Man, you've taken pancakes as far as they go. We'll see. You never well, know. True. You're right. You never know. We're not talking. We're not you speaking in absolutes. Yeah, we're not speaking absolutes. So you know, I, I think there's. I mean, we we did like pancakes and ribs with a watermelon salad and goat cheese, but you never in your life think that pancakes would go with ribs and a watermelon salad. But they do it. Life. Plays and you throw it out in the middle of June when it's hot and summery, and people are just like, "Holy crap, this is phenomenal!" So, like, just take out the word pancake and put in bread or starch, and like what meal do you eat that doesn't have bread or starch i'm still amazed that you proof your pancake dough yeah, yeah i proves. mean your pancake batter yeah it yeah. turns batter to dough, dough. Yeah, it, it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it proofs that's so. amazing at some point you were even selling the batter weren't you dang you're good I okay am good. <laughs> wow, you're good. someone's done their research for this podcast that, awesome. you're on your game well girl. i've been here from the beginning you so have. i, I know true. a lot of the bts yeah. and yeah. stuff that people usually that's don't a, know so wow. So you as almost a, gave away the good. You were selling the goods. Yeah, I was literally selling the goods. So <laughs> as I was saying with, with uh, coronavirus, it really tests you. So when we closed down Miami, when Miami closed down for two months and we were deemed not an essential business, we said, well, there's got to be another way for wait, us to wait, make who money. Who said pancakes are not essential? Who said food wasn't essential? <laughs> right? I'm like, saying like fired. Honestly, like whoever, <laughs> think about it this way, whoever is making a paycheck to go home and pay their rent and support their family, you deem that that person's business is not essential to them. Like, of course, that isn't everybody's paycheck essential. Exactly. So I don't know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we basically were going from having two hour waits every single weekend to being zeroed out. And there had to be another way to make income. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying earlier, you know, like, Coronavirus tests you as an entrepreneur. It, it tests you. you you've got to think about outside the box. I talk with so many chefs throughout coronavirus time where they're like, oh, well, we d- we're fine dining. Our food is not meant to go. And I'm like, money is money. Yeah. Like, pull your ego out of it. You've you got to pull your ego out of it. Because you do fancy fine dining food doesn't mean that you can't put all that stuff in a to-go container and sell it. And uh, one of my, my favorite chefs, Gagang Anand, He's in Thailand. He's a three Michelin star chef. Mm-hmm. And um, he took his uh, his entire menu, which was like 35 courses, and he created a brand new menu that was like six courses and made it to go. If a three Michelin star restaurant can do that, what in the world is your fancy Miami fine dining excuse? Right. It's all that ego. You know? It's that it's Miami ego. ego. So um, we realized that we had a strong enough following that liked our pancakes and that everybody was staying home and maybe people wanted to cook jealous fork at home. So very quickly we created a shopping cart on our website and we put in the pancake batter on that shopping cart. It was $20 per quart mm-hmm. and we would deliver as often as we could. And so we threw that up. We put it on our Instagram. We started advertising it like crazy. And my God, the response was wild. Like you we, had a route too. It was insane. Like we were literally four days a week driving for eight to 12 hours a day delivering pancake pancake batter. batter. That is amazing. Like, so I have a a large truck and in the back of my truck, 
I put two coolers, two like those are big fishing coolers, yeah. like the big white ones, uh -huh. full of double stacked rows of pancake batter, covered in ice. We didn't know anything about coronavirus at the time, so we had like gloves and masks and like we would look like Breaking Bad, like back to Breaking Bad, you know, like suits. we were like hazmat suits <laughs> delivering pancake batter, like we'll leave it on your doorstep, like <laughs> you know. So we had routes on Google Maps, mm -hmm. and you can put in your Google Maps route. It got to you could only put in so many routes mm -hmm. that we had so many routes that we maxed out Google Maps. So we had to buy a map software that's used by like UPS and Amazon and stuff like that oh to have more than like. 20 routes or 30 routes and we delivered all the way from the keys to like fort myers Amazing. like it was and we're like we would these orders would come in we're like fort myers was buying pancakes you gotta drive to fort myers for 20 dollars <laughs> but we did it like i'm telling you we made it happen and so we ended up crushing it we grew about 390 percent as jealous forked the business between 2021 and 2020 that is amazing it was insane and I'm telling you, I think, I think the most amazing part of your story is that you're, you've been so innovative when you've been against the wall, you're back against the wall. See, that's when you innovate. Exactly. No, like pre, in our previous podcast, Rudy, he took advantage. He, he, during the COVID, during COVID, he, he also he's an entrepreneur. Company. Mm -hmm. He made it happen. You yourself, you said it, you said it. COVID's going to test you. <clears throat> you've been tested and you, you flew through it. You flew through it. You put it oh, was fell through it. Next, okay. Like, what other chance do you have? Like, I looked at that, that mirror. It was me. Yeah. You couldn't pass it up. Yeah. You couldn't. You couldn't hand it up. But yeah. um, so what happened to that portion of the business? Did you continue that, wow, or why? Question. Why you're did good. you? Yeah, you're, dang, you're very good. You're very good. So jealous fork at home is is a massive potential business. Um. We don't have the time right now to go delivering, um, but there is a full business plan for launching Jealous Fork at Home and expanding that concept way more than just pancake batter. Oh my That's God. all I'm going to say. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that didn't fall. Like, we didn't make all that money and we weren't that busy for those two months for us to be like, okay, well now coronavirus is over. Let's get back in the truck and make some more money. <laughs> like, thanks. See you later. No, that was like, okay, let's put this on the back burner. Cause we're coming back to this. This is something. Here. Um, that is amazing. So, yeah. I, I, nothing immediately, but there, there is a lot of plans that are already like in the works. just ready to like put that bullet in and shoot it. Nice. So I know you can't disclose all this information and all these plans, but what Exclusive. more can we expect from Joaquim, from TN Poets, uh, Jealous Fork? What what exactly do you have in mind for the near future? I mean, like, I'm I'm the kind of person that I can't look at this red cup here and not figure out a way to make money from it. Like that's just that's how I have been since I was very very young. Um, when I was six, seven, seven, what, what, when you're in fourth grade, how old are you? I don't know. I'm so out of touch. I was in fourth grade. My parents were uh, entrepreneurs. They had a crystal business. And um, I went into the garage and I found a bunch of gold-plated chains. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, these are really nice. I should sell these at school. <laughs> so I took a handful of these gold-plated chains and I took them to school with me. And I went around and I wore one and I'm like, you like my chain? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, a dollar. 
And they're like, I'm in fourth grade, okay? I'm like a dollar. And they're like, all right, gold chain. And then like the next guy's like, man, I saw Billy's gold chain. You know, I want one like a dollar. Like, okay. So I took like seven or eight that day and I sold all seven. Now for a fourth grader to come home with like seven, eight bucks is like, it's amazing. okay, I'm so rich. what did I do the next morning? I went and bought and cooked more. So I did this every day for a week. Did they notice? Let me tell you the story. <laughs> so I did this every day for a week. And on like the fourth or fifth day, I was like coming home with like 50, 60 bucks. And every single kid in my elementary school was wearing gold chains. Rocking the gold chain. Every <laughs> single totally kid. This is LA. Okay. LA? LA, yeah. So all of a sudden, the teachers start noticing every single kid has gold chains. And so they're like, where did you get this gold chain from? Oh, Joaquin is selling them. And, and they're like, what? Like, so I get called in the principal's office uh-huh. and I go into the principal's office and my mom is there. I'm like, Oh no, they found out about these gold chains. Like I'm screwed. And so the principal's like, you know, we have a bunch of teachers that have reported that you're selling these gold chains to other students. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, and they're like, well, that's illegal. I'm a fourth grader. You don't know what's illegal. Like my brain was just like, I can make money. I made here. a dollar. You know, I made, I made a dollar. <laughs> I actually ended up. I had so they collected all the gold chains. I had to give all the money back. No. Yeah, I made hundred and twenty-five dollars. hundred and twenty-five dollars in a week as a fourth, fourth grader. grader. And my mom took me to ice cream afterwards. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble. My mom saw that I was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. from a very young age, and you know, I have many other stories that kind of mirror that story, but that was the first one. And my mom, thank God, like she nurtured, she that, nurtured that. Yeah. She nurtured that hard. You know, I have dyslexia. I failed second grade. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was not a good student when it comes to like reading, writing, spelling, math. But I, once I got into college, I started really understanding business math. I don't understand algebra. There are too many letters for math in that concept for me. But if you ask me, to sell this cup for 20% and it costs you $4.50, I will tell you exactly how to sell it like that mm-hmm. and the best way to market it and why it should be sold at 20%, not 30% profit margins, mm-hmm. you know, or cost, excuse me. So um, my brain works in business math very well, um, but in like other types of stuff, it didn't work at all. So my mom, you know, nurtured that and, and guided me that way. Um, so coming back to your questions, I'm long winded, I apologize. Um, <laughs> coming okay. back to your question, you know, I can't look at a situation and not see a way to make money from it. I can't look at a situation, not see a way to start a business. So jealous fork. Um, we have some really awesome opportunities in the very near future that we're going to take advantage of. Um, the business is going to grow mm-hmm. and we're going to need a lot more space in a food truck. That's all I'm going to say. Amazing. Uh, TM poets is locked in. Like, I, like you also get that, like, don't mess with a good situation too much. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, you know, a, a friend of mine, she put up a, a post the other day that was like, as an entrepreneur, you do everything yourself. It's all on you. And like, I like responded. I'm like, I don't believe that's true at all. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to realize that you need to build a team around you because you can't do everything with yourself. And I, I think that a lot of people don't understand that is that I couldn't be doing this interview here. I couldn't have provider right now working and printing. I couldn't have Jell's fork right now putting out pancakes if I didn't have staff. 
if I didn't have management at my businesses, if I didn't have a team underneath me to do the job of implementing my vision. Mm -hmm. And a team is like this table, right? You have the tabletop and you have the legs. And neither one is more important than the other. And whether you perceive yourself to be the tabletop or you perceive yourself to be the table legs makes absolutely no difference. Mm -hmm. But you've got to know that they live simultaneously together because without them, it's four sticks on the floor or yep. a piece of flat wood on the floor. So it doesn't matter whether you see yourself as the top of the table or the legs, but you got to work together to become a table, to be a table, to be a sturdy table. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't physically be here doing this with you without my team. And so in, in that respect, um, to have my team and to be able to grow each business is so vitally important. So team poets is locked in. I, this is gonna sound weird, but like I don't physically work at team poets. I do payroll, I oversee operations, I make sure people are trained correctly. I, I manage team poets kind of like this, at the top. That's it, that's all I need to do. I have a great management, I have great staff, and that's all I need. Provider is the exact same way. I literally just manage the top of provider and that's it. It's got its staff, it's got its team, it's got, it's, I don't need to touch it. Yeah, it runs itself. So like, I don't need to mess around with a thing that's already locked in, mm -hmm. you know, six years, eight years. I don't need to touch them, you know? Um, and in a way, I am more excited about creating new concepts than opening up another provider screen printing company and another TM Poets. I, I, I would enjoy opening those things, but it wouldn't fuel my creativity as much in opening a new concept or a new idea. So I got plenty more new concepts and new ideas. Those are on the way. There's zero doubt about that. Um, but as far as conscious acts of kindness, provider and TM poets, they're all staying the course. The new one that is jealous fork, it's only two years old. Mm -hmm. And in, in business terms, two years is like infancy. Especially yeah. in restaurant terms, Absolutely. you know, in hospitality terms, it's like, <laughs> you're like, huh? Yeah, you're just starting, right? <laughs> so larva. you just started or, or you're about to fall off. Or you're about to fall off, exactly. So thank God it's not the latter. Um, but yeah, so that that's what's going on there. And there might be like a completely new concept in the pipeline. Well, well you know, one thing I want to go back to, um, when when your mom nurtured that that that, poor, that part of you at, a, at such a young age, Shout out what? to mom, by the way, because not every parent has that eye or has exactly. Yeah, that, that doesn't wheel. happen. Usually, it'll be niño que de masa, and then you know, <laughs> smack you get chancletazo yeah. left and right, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, my question is, how do you now that you're you know, in hindsight, you know, you're you're much older, you're an adult. Uh, do you have kids? No, not yet. If you have, yet. <laughs> when you have, when you have a situation where you have, you see a a, four, a fourth grader with an entrepreneurial spirit, mm -hmm. what what would you consider nurturing that spirit? Because when you look at education and, and you know the society we live when there's anything, any any chaos of any level in a school, the parents are ready to flip out, um, you know, discipline the kid and move on. What would be your best advice to nurture someone's talents? when you see the entrep entrepreneurial well, one, I think spirit. you need to pay attention to your kids, Facts. you know, like I feel that with the invention of tablets and cell phones, parents aren't 
paying attention to their kids that they might miss all those signs you know which is really sad you, you know and you know this from from being in the restaurant industry like so many parents sit at the dining room table or the, the, the table in the restaurant mm -hmm. and they put their kids on tablets and then they have a conversation between the two parents yeah. and the kids are just sitting there how are you going to know if your if your child wants to be a ballerina or an entrepreneur or a sports star or a mathematician if you don't engage with that child Very so true. first out the gate like like you said you you can shout out to mom well let's also call out parents like pull your kid off of the tablet and have a conversation with that child you know that that is just so important you know i think that you know it's i think it's our generation mm -hmm. our generation of, of parents have really messed up because the generation of parents before us those things didn't exist so we did have conversations at the table with our parents mm -hmm. but now our generation which is starting to have kids and they have these kids that are between you know six and 17 mm -hmm. you're not connecting with your child you are literally allowing your child to pick up a tablet and and be raised by it and be raised by that tablet be raised by youtube like it's true so first you know state is you need to be a conscious connected parent like that's super important um and then i think that you once you see that your child, we're going to take entrepreneurship, right? Because mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what we're talking about. If you see that your child has an entrepreneurship interest, you need to cultivate that in some sort of small business that your child likes. Let's take the lemonade stand. It's classic, you know, like young entrepreneur thing. First of all, you've got to teach your child about quality of product. You know, like, mm -hmm. okay, it's one thing to be an entrepreneur, but if you sell garbage, you're not going to be a great entrepreneur. Not at all. You know, so like, yeah. don't, first of all, teach your kid how to make great lemonade, mm -hmm. you know, study lemonade, understand whether you need lemon and lime and what the ratio to sugar is and what kind of sugars, is it just white sugar or does brown sugar have a better taste? What happens if you toast the lemons, you know, yeah. what happens if you add sparkling water to your lemonade? Like. First of all, educate yourself on the product. How am I supposed to sell this red cup if I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm gonna go sell this red cup. And you know nothing, you about, know nothing about the red cup. What kind of cup is it? Yeah. Is it biodegradable? It's red. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's red, the, it's there, buy it. The, the, the classic, here's a classic thing like, oh, you want me to invest in you? Why you? Why your product? Mm -hmm. It's You see it on Shark Tank, you, uh, people have approached me about business investments. And I'm always like, but why? Why you? What makes your product unique? What makes you special? What makes this product special? If you can't answer that and knock the answer out of the park, not going to happen. So if you don't know your product, lemonade stand in this case, you don't know the lemonade, you're not even going to get to the entrepreneur race. You won't have a cart to bring to the race. Absolutely. So study whatever product your child is interested in. You know, like, okay, lemonade stand. Let's research lemons. You know, are Meyer lemons better than Sunkiss lemons? Mm -hmm. Are those Chiquita banana lemons better? You know, like what's what's the best lemon? Mm -hmm. You know, and then start to become a student of your craft. And then once you become a student of your craft, then take that next step saying, okay, you know, like where am I going to put my lemonade stand? You know, and so you start to teach your child about like the fundamentals of what makes a great entrepreneur, not just going out and doing it and saying you're an entrepreneur. And I think that's what a lot of non-children today are struggling with. Is it because entrepreneurship is now trendy and cool and it just sounds cool to say you're an entrepreneur and well, it sounds cool to an be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really, you scratch the surface. You know, like I always like to say, like believe 20% of what people tell you until you can literally prove it be like, you know, yeah. like physically this cup is really red and is on this table. Then you prove it. And I believe 20% of what people tell you. Like, that's just so...
And all of this, all this research, development, and everything, you're doing it while engaged with the child. You're not doing all the homework for them. No, it's, I think it's like, yeah. okay, little Billy, let's eat dinner. And after dinner, let's open up our notebook and let's plan out this lemonade stand. Let's plan, let's engage. Like what a great connection with your child. Yeah. Instead of being on YouTube and instead of being uh, or playing. Or telling them you go look it up. Or you go look yeah. it up. Or yeah, letting them go dance on TikTok or whatever the heck is going on. Like, like engage with your kid, you know? And then, if, hey, you might see that that lemonade is delicious. You know, and who knows, maybe there's a legitimate entrepreneur in there that you really are going to cultivate and something's going to happen. They might be selling all your chains in school. <laughs> yeah, you might be selling all your chains in school, right? I mean, so yeah, like just connecting to your child, understanding the product that you're going to sell, going through that process with your child, you know, and then the thing that's a little bit tough, like we live in way more of a Sue happy culture than than when we were growing up mm -hmm. and so nowadays you know you serve someone bad lemonade and they're coming after you yeah. you know and, and you're liable and it's, it's so it, it has changed a little bit so i would actually teach my child how to open up a company mm. i would say you like you really want to do this like maybe it's not you know billy's lemonade stand maybe it's billy's marketing group that happens to sell lemonade yeah. and can change if the lemonade fails but at least understand what liability is. And I think a lot of parents don't take the time to really explain things to their children. And yeah. it's more kind of like you said, like you go look it up, but there's a lot of enjoyment, at least from me in the research of it. Like I love being a student of my craft. That part is, and I hope that I am never done being a student of my craft. I hope that I'm always hungry. I know I will always be hungry to learn and kind of suck in more knowledge and study more. Um, I'm teaching my kid, like, okay, now we're gonna open up an LLC. Mm -hmm. You know, now we're gonna. Why, Dad? Why are we opening up LLC? Well, there's something called liability. Well, what does that mean? Well, get ready. You know, this is a this is a course in liability yeah. now. Like, what's wrong? What a great thing! Like, why not shoot for the stars? You know, all, all why of this, downplay your kid? I'm all, just gonna put this out there, but you should write a book or start a podcast absolutely start a podcast. You know. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, let me tell you, you know, hearing all of this and you're 100 percent right. I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. And the more I hear it and I, I run it back in my mind, it's it seems like more like that's what you should do to everyone, not just kids. Correct. They're no everyone's so disengaged and not they're not really they're half hearted. No, like you said earlier, when you started, you think you're going to start a clothing brand. I don't put a name on it. I'll put a little character. Four people put it on. I'm rich. I'm a. Yeah, that's it's it. It's not about it's just done. having your name on a sign. You know. You go. It's it goes from it. There's a there's a fine. I think there's a gray a gray line a blurry area, where it's stroking your ego or actually doing something. You know what I mean? And it's your advice. Your your perspective is definitely geared. Whoever's listening to this podcast and it makes perfect sense. You gotta become part of the process. Do this homework. Become the student, the lifelong student of, of yourself and your project. So that's what I get out of it. And and I just think it's crazy that when you said when you said that thing about the t-shirt, how many people have we known that do, that have done that? <laughs> I'm gonna start a t-shirt company, put on two shirts, and it's a wrap. You know, they don't move on to other things. You know, you gotta know when uh, this works and when this doesn't work. Yeah. You know, and you've man, you've done a lot of things. Going back to the t-shirt thing, you really see the type of friends in the community that you have 
when you open a business. T-shirt's a great example. When I opened my T-shirt business, mm -hmm. every single friend that I had was like, let me get a free T-shirt. None of my friends were like, let, let me buy, buy a T-shirt. Mm -hmm. And that's tough to see. That's it's It's tough because part of you wants to give your friends a t-shirt, right? Cause they're going to like rep it for you and go around and be like, Hey, buy my boy's shirt, my boy's brand. And so part of that, yeah, but you would be so much better off if they were like, dude, congratulations. I can't wait to support you. What's your t-shirt? 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Yeah, That's expensive for a t-shirt, but okay. I got you, you know? And there, and that happens with almost everything. You know, when I open this place, like, Oh, you got a tea shop. That's so cool. I'm gonna come by and get some free tea. You know, so it's weird. The support of your friends is like they feel like they're supporting you to go to your place or to get the thing that you're selling, but get it for free so they can tell people so that they got really it. For, it's weird. It's we. It's like yeah. it's twisted, you know. And um, yeah, it's it, you know, I I often think a lot of back about to those t-shirt days because mm -hmm. failure is just it is the greatest teacher. I was gonna it say those moments and those. You know, th those realizations, I think, are necessary. you got to sift through all the BS in life to get to where you are. And obviously, you're very successful in the things that you've done, which is why I think you should definitely write a book. <laughs> Somewhere in there. I mean, I think that's, I, I got to slow down a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> all right, done. <laughs> Shit, I, I, I think you should not. <laughs> I should Bits and pieces. Keep going. I, I, like, you know, I'm married, newlywed, so I only have so much time. Yeah. I have a very understanding wife who's probably at home wishing that she was having me cook dinner for her now and I'm here. And so like, she understands that. And she's like, and where's so my she, pancakes? Yeah. Where's my pancakes? <laughs> she's like, stop cooking pancakes. The thing is I get really into like, going back to the student, you know, I fell in love with chocolate chip cookies. And so for the past three months, I've broken down chocolate chip cookies to a science. And I believe that I have made the best chocolate chip cookie ever. I'm going to have to And so, them. You know, I cook these batches of chocolate chip cookies and my lady's so happy, but she's also like, you've got to stop. Gotta stop. Cookies. Like, you've got to stop. <laughs> I was like get, that way. I did we... ice cream about four months ago. I broke ice cream down to a science, cinnamon rolls. I just yeah. get on these kicks. I made boba tea. Like, I broke boba tea down. I, like, made the boba balls and everything. Like, oh, that's how my brain gets. And so I, I break this down, but she's not happy with that kind of stuff sometimes because it's too much, like, food <laughs> at the house. Like, yeah. you're overfeeding me. How do Chill we taste this, this dynamic cookie? Say, do you have any more of that cookie? You wait, you selling that, no, you that cookie all? here? No, no, I'm not selling it here. I just brought it in. Oh yeah. man. Our barista ate it all. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. So I uh, will see. Maybe there's something there. Who knows? Who knows? We also I want to mention now that we are here that we have a holiday toy drive coming oh, up. Yes. We've actually done holiday toy drives here since 2016. Uh, and that's also in conjunction with live concerts with local artists. Uh, tell me a little bit about the holiday toy drive that we do here at TN Poets. Uh, so as you said, we've done this in the past and it's been, it's been wonderfully successful. We will partner with a few local bands mm -hmm. and other charities that are local here to Miami. And we will uh, be taking in donations for unwrapped toys. Mm -hmm. And we will take in those donations as like tickets for concerts or tickets for shows. And once we get enough donated, we'll pick a charity here in, in South Florida and we'll go drop off a bunch of toys for kids for oh, the holidays. Amazing. So really excited about that. That That's is awesome. Joaquin, where can they find you? TN Poets, Jealous Fork, all of these wonderful profit and nonprofit organizations that you are involved in. Yes, okay. we need to know the, where uh, we could get these pancakes. <laughs> so I, we, we, I can't get the pancakes right now. <laughs> 
the pancakes are 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 proofing. Got it. Um, got it. Got it. Got it. But you can follow Jealous Fork on Instagram, Jealous Fork. And it's, it's spelled exactly how J-E-A-L-O-U-S-F-O-R-K, it sounds. J-E-A-L-O-U-S-F-O-R-K, Jealous Fork right. on Instagram. Uh, you can follow TM Poets, T and Poets. Nice. T-E-A-A-N-D-P-O-E-T-S. Uh, Conscious Acts of Kindness, I'll spell all that if you want. <laughs> C-O-N-S-C-I-O. Really funny. So I'm really bad at, um, really, really bad at spelling. And when I bought, um, Provider Lifestyle, actually it was Provider Design. I own Provider Design and Provider Lifestyle. Uh-huh. But when it was uh, ProviderDesign.com, I spelled design wrong. And so I uh, sent it, I swear to God. So I bought <laughs> Provider Design spelled incorrectly. It's D-E-S-I-G-N. I think I bought D-E-S-N-I-G or something. I spelled it wrong. I spelled design wrong, okay? Oh God. So I yeah. bought it and I sent it to my web developer. I'm like, hey, make me this website, Provider Design, da da And he goes, it's available for purchase. I'm like, no, 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 I just bought it. I swear to God, I just bought it. He goes, are you sure? Send me all the credentials. So I sent him everything. He goes, dude, you didn't buy provider design. You bought provider design. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. So thank God I went back in and bought it the right oh way. My but goodness. yeah, conscious is it was a tough one for me until I like started writing it all yeah, the time. You have to write but it a yeah, few times. Conscious acts through. of kindness. And then uh, Joaquin Provider, J-O-A-Q-U-I-N-P-R-O-V-I-D-E-R. And I update all that stuff daily. So. Man, so if we want to get, if anyone wants to follow you on on social media, do you yeah. only do Instagram or do you do other there's, platforms? Like these days, there's so many social media things. It's it's crazy. Like I like social media is a full job. Like yeah. it is a full job, and I do all the social media for all my businesses, and that is tough. Like creating content is difficult, posting is difficult, keeping up with the amount of DMs that you get from one business is tough. That has you know ten, fifteen thousand followers. Then you want to talk about adding two or three in there is like. You know, auto response, auto response is a godsend. <laughs> I'm like, oh, where am I located? Boop. When's open mic night? Boom. You know, where can I buy the pancake? Boop. Like I have them all auto response yeah. after nice. long enough. And thank God. So that helps a lot. You know, Oh, interested in t-shirts? Boom. You know, nice. so, but yeah, I try to keep it to Instagram. It just makes it a lot like we're on TikTok with my businesses. I don't, like, I still, I don't have the time. Like. It's, it's a full-time it's job. Time it's, it's, it really is. It really is. I know is. there's apps where you can like post to one and then you like, it gets you all three. Like it's, it's tough. Like the next hire, I, I have a marketing manager here mm-hmm. and she, at TM Poets. And, and so she does oversee TM Poets events, which mm-hmm. helps a lot and alleviates a lot of the event questions that we get here. Well, what about, <laughs> do you have a, a website? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Website. Yeah. TM Poets has its own website, tmpoets.com. Uh, jealousfork.com, providerlifestyle.com, consciousactedkindness.org. Yeah, they all have their, they're all there. Beautiful. Like, Google them. They're all there. <laughs> they're nice, all there. Everything nice. is there. Yeah, everything is there. Is there, are there any shout outs that you would like to give or any additional information or advice that you'd like to put out there before we go? No, I want to thank both of you. You guys have awesome. been great. This was really cool for my first podcast. I, I really appreciate Yay, both of you. Thank you. You guys are wonderful hosts. This awesome. is a lot of fun. Excellent. This is good. Thank really you for good having stuff. us. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're we're recording live. We're yeah. here. We're here at TM Poets. The music you've been hearing in the background is what they're listening to. The oh, crowd here. Oh yes. To. What's up, buddy? Welcome. Welcome. That's one oh, of yeah. our local vendors. He sells us vegan pumpkin spice cookies and chocolate chip cookies. Oh, wow. oh my god! Right in no. time for fall. Yeah. <laughs> time for fall, exactly. Yeah, man. And this is, this has definitely been a lot a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for for being a part of the podcast. Of course. How you doing? All right, man. So, anything else you any any last bits of no, of advice you want to so throw anyone? You advice? Tell anyone? Anyone that wants to become an entrepreneur? Dude, this is gonna be so cliche, but like, don't give up. 
I know it sounds like it's the most cliche thing, but like you're just as an entrepreneur, you are going to get your butt kicked so hard. And the greatest thing that you could have is your own will and your own drive, believing in yourself, believing in your product and having a good support system around you. And just don't give up like every single one of us gets the shit kicked out of us. Like it's just numerous crazy. times, numerous times. <laughs> like just keep some going. more than others. Keep going. And it sounds so silly, but like that, that is really the, the, the advice. Just don't give up. Ew. Those are the last words, man. We're, we're, we're with it. Thank right. you so much Thank for, for being part of the podcast. Awesome. By the time, uh, whoever's listening to this podcast, you can follow Joaquin on all his social medias, his websites, his organizations, his .org, .coms, everything else. He's got pancake batter still proofing. Things are coming up in, in the future. We'll definitely keep you guys posted on our social medias and we'll point it out at your, at your profiles. Good luck to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for, for doing this. And man, congratulations on everything you've been able to Thank do, you. man. It's Thank definitely you. an amazing creative outlet. You're an amazing creative individual to be able to go from thought, concept, execution. So yeah. that, it's a different world altogether, man. So kudos to you, sir. Awesome. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much. All the best for you and for all of our listeners. Signing off till next time. This is Dre Mav. And this is Stroke. Love us. Peace.